Welcome to the second ever Brews and Reviews. I'm Jake Armstrong. We got Cole McEwen here and Donkey Doug won our sweepstakes to get us sit here and listen to our podcast. Lucky him. And bring us free beers. Thanks, yep. Donkey Doug. Yeah. And today's sponsor, Lion Kugel's Summer Shandy. That's right, guys. When you get sponsored by Lion Kugel's, you can have Summer Shandy into October. You're welcome, America. Uh, just for legal purposes, they didn't actually sponsor us. Enough with the legal purposes. This is my podcast, Free Man Wolfpack. Okay, they did. Okay. <laughs> they sponsored us, and they want something? I have one of their glasses. They can come get some. Anyways, today we are talking about Snowpiercer. Now, if you guys haven't seen this movie, this movie is starring Chris Evans, directed by someone I can't remember, and it is a movie about basically a post-apocalyptic movie on a train. And if you could only live on a train, how would your train life be? And it is on Netflix right now, so if you have nothing it came back? to do... Yeah. Well, I own it on DVD because I'm not a scrub, but whatever. Oh, well, I am a scrub, so I watch it on Netflix. You don't own it yet? No. Shame on you. I know what I'm getting I you. Just wa- I Spoiler alert, I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. <laughs> Snowpiercer, the new Christmas movie. <laughs> Dead Space, I hate that. Yeah, um, But this is the movie that I think... Oh, man, it came out in... What was it? It's got to be like four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, this was a movie that was on Netflix. My brother, my older brother recommended it to me and it is unique to say the least. I don't think like we've all seen post-apocalyptic movies. We've seen how that stuff plays out. Zombie, all this, all the things. And this was something I felt was really an interesting setup. Something I hadn't seen before. It was an interesting setup and I love the way that there wasn't a wasted second of the movie as far as if they showed you something or if they had a conversation, it came back in the movie and had some importance. So you'll see a lot of times, like I love in the beginning, he's um, he's talking to his little little peon, the guy that like admires him so much, he's talking about his mom. You think, oh yeah, they're just having one of those nostalgic moments. No, that's really important. That comes up later in the film. Like, Everything's connected. You, there isn't a single wasted thing. Everything you see, every person, every action, every conversation is going to come up again throughout the movie. So I thought that was pretty cool how they did that. Do you think it was a metaphor? All the train cars were connected the whole time. This whole movie's a train. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> but no, honestly, so I, I guess now we're going to go to spoiler territory and now, if you listen, <laughs> if, you, if you clicked on a Snowpiercer podcast, I'm pretty sure you've probably seen this movie because <laughs> it was not well known. Um, I'm not sure about theoret. I can't even say it. You say it. Theater. Theoretical. <laughs> Pterodactyl. <laughs> Dude, you do have a speech impediment. Yeah, sometimes. Theatrical. Right? There you go. See, that's why I asked you the first time, and you said, "Whatever." Now he's just degrading me from a handicap. <laughs> but um, this movie, um, it starts off so. You get, I think, if I remember correctly, there's a there's a jet like letting gas off in the air, and they give you a whole like background with the word tag stuffing, saying that um, basically they tried there was something wrong with the world. They tried to chemically induce it via airplanes, and it caused another ice age, but like a supreme ice age where like everything like frozen solid. Like if you've seen the the day after tomorrow, it's like that, but like forever. <laughs> yes. Um, so we start with that, basically setting up the setting, and we go to the train. We're in the back of the train. These guys are basically in poverty. This is the poverty train car. Um, I recommend not getting a ticket for this train car if you're ever invited. <laughs> it is bad. The conditions are terrible. They're um, eating black bricks of sludge, which you find out later. No, no, no. Don't you spoil it for that. I won't spoil it. We'll go down. We're going to go black, down the train car. Black bricks of sludge. Car by car, we will go down the train. Not only are they, like, 
people are excited to eat this black brick of sludge. They call them protein blocks because that's the only thing they can eat. Yeah, they're they're given that and they're basically rationed out and they um. So there's a whole like the the whole regime with like guns. They come out there basically like come in here like, hey, we're feeding you. There's a ton of stuff. Now, obviously, people in the poverty car, they're just not happy about life. They want to rebel, which has happened once before. I think they talked about that right off the bat, the original rebellion that happened. Uh, they, they mentioned a couple different ones. Um, you know, obviously, the whole, whole idea is if you get to the front of the train and you control the engine, you contri- control the whole whole train. Pretty basic math there. I mean, if you take... Yeah. <laughs> no, if we take the cockpit of an airplane, now we're the pilot. Exactly. Like, um, simple concept, but so they, obviously um, Chris Evans, who is the main character, obviously, freaking Captain America on the train, um, with a beard, though. Sexy beard he's got going on here. So still Captain America. Yeah, still rugged man, but <laughs> I don't know why he can trim his beard so perfectly, but whatever. So um, he, he's kind of organized. He looks like he's, he's the leader of this crew, and this is an old guy who... Uh, he talks on the phone late at night to we don't know who. Um, or does he say it's... Does he say right away? No. No. Okay. We never find it. Well, we find out eventually. But well, really. We never find out. He's just talking to himself on a basic phone. Um, so he's talking on the phone late at night. And Chris Evans, they're planning a rebellion. And they have this whole plan. They have this whole scheme. And um, what... Actually, you saw this more recently than I did. I'm trying to think what sets it off. Well, they, they get little... They don't know where they come from. They get little messages in their little shit bricks or whatever you want to call them. Their little black sludge bricks. Shit bricks, huh? Shit bricks. This is Um, is a family-friendly podcast, okay? (laughs) You asshole. (laughs) And anyway, so it'll tell them, like, oh, uh, like, the last one they get is, like, the missing piece of the puzzle. You need to break this prisoner out of jail because he was the one that helped design. You forgot about the side mission where that kid stole the brick for a while and they had to trade it out. <laughs> I mean, that, that was, a kind that of was the one thing that was never connected okay. to anything. <laughs> well, they, they needed to sh- make you care about the kid a little bit because they're like, oh, he's a funny little kid that won't give you his brick. And then they took that kid away. Which is basically, we're both fathers. These are kids. Like Kids will do that. Like, Haha, I'm not going to give it to you. And you don't want to beat the kid for the brick. I mean, that's just cruelty. So you got to be like, hey, we have a better brick for you, and then they'll switch it out like idiots. Yes, <laughs> true story, bro. So they get the final one, and Chris is ple- so. Actually, so they make everyone kneel down every time. Anytime the regime comes in, they do a count. They do a head count, and so the the entire plan starts out like they need to basically rush. They need to get through all the doors in four seconds before they close, so they know that. That's and there's like three cars they have to go through at the same time. Yes, and they will shut the door. There's security measures and stuff, but obviously. Guys in the poverty train, they they don't have a lot going on. So they're just focusing on timing and stuff. Um, I'll let you, like, again, I'm I'm trying to remember how this triggers. I think, well, once once they finally get the the name for the last, the last piece of the puzzle that they need, then it's just like a matter of time. They're getting everything set up. They have to go a little bit early. But um, this is kind of like the, the base of the mission, like the very, very infancy. They have to... Um, get past the guards, block the doors open, so they have four seconds to get their stuff in place. But we forgot about the big scene, um, which actually gives Chris Evans the biggest clue. Um, the guy gets his arm put outside. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes in this movie, because I'm a sicko. <laughs> so basically, there was someone who didn't listen to protocol. He threw a shoe at the lady's face, made her which, bleed a little bit. I mean, which, she, it was deserved. She deserved that shoe. She deserved in the face. it because she was stealing kids. But oh yeah, they asked. So they someone comes in like, who knows how to play? Oddly enough, of course, that was like one of the things. Like 
I didn't have a lot I didn't like about this movie, but it's like, let's have this somewhat dark-seeming lady steal a couple kids, and then we'll th- throw a shoe at her head, and she's gonna but, bleed, and she's gonna lick it. Like, who actually licks their own blood? That's not a normal thing, especially But intimidating. I mean, someone licks their own blood, I'm going the other direction. I'm like, I'm not gonna mess no, with this No, but person. she wasn't doing it in front of people. She, like, gets hit on the head, she's kind of by herself, she takes, like, a handful of, like, animal. I'm like, okay, you're clearly just trying to tell me that this lady's bad. No person in their right mind actually does that. They're on a, a post-apocalyptic train! Which she lived in Have a- you ever been on a post-apocalyptic train? Yes! <laughs> I mean, obviously the behavior is irrational. No, but she was, she's from the front. So she, like, lives eating steak and children. Um, oh, now... No, she ate sushi. Okay, sushi. Sushi. That's no. the same as children. Anyways, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But anyways, so the guy threw a shoe, called him out... And this is, remember, this is a complete crazy ice age. And basically this train was designed to go on forever on an infinite loop um, to avoid the ice age. I forget the name of the train maker. They bring him up a bunch of times and apparently his name was not very memorable. Anyways, so they put, they took this guy and like to make an example in front of everyone on the poverty train, they put his arm out the window so it freezes. Like, and they just have it out there and she's giving a whole speech about like, you will never be better than us. And Chris Evans like, we'll see. But anyways, this arm, you watch this arm freeze, and they bring it out, and it's just completely an icicle. Someone takes a hammer, smashes the entire arm in half. Like, it just shatters, like, broken glass. And it's a pretty powerful scene. Like, I thought it was really cool, and they're like, hey, by the way, don't F with us. Now, during this scene, there was a point where someone went up to the gun, the, the armed guards, and the, um... The lady... The lady, the lady comes up and is like, those guns are useless. And Chris Evans takes that and, like, I think they lost – they don't have any more bullets. That's when he came back with, like, why wouldn't they use the guns? They didn't. They're using them because way back when in the first rebellion, they lost all their bullets. They can't make bullets anymore. That's his theory. So he's like, you know what? We're just going to go with that. <laughs> and then – so the lady comes back later. Everyone's pissed off. And Chris Evans decides to rush him and puts the gun to his head and pulls the own trigger on himself. Click. Nothing comes out. And that begins what we know as the biggest uprising of all time. Yeah. And so, you know, we won't give you, like, a complete play-by-play of the entire movie. But Why? just to kind of get you... That's what we're here for. <laughs> no. Well, I'm playing number four. It's third down, dude. <laughs> no, dude. We, we, we got we to get a touchdown eventually. Well, yeah. That's called the end. <laughs> but um, just, like, how they, how they set stuff up in the beginning, now, like, all of those things. So, you... That beginning part, they set all these things up, and then as soon as the, uh, as soon as the revolt actually starts, that's when they start bringing these home. So you and know, this they, is when stuff just starts hitting the fan, and it all actually goes pretty fast. So you know, they're t- you hear about all oh, the useless guns, or you, um, that big, you know, they're, like, they're talking about different people that they need to find to break out from jail, all this stuff. And so as soon as this thing go, it actually starts going pretty fast as far as you know they. They try to rush the guards. The guards don't actually have any bullets. They're making it through the thing. They're breaking the person person out. Um, I didn't think, but did you feel like, I, don't, I forget how long this movie is, but it, the beginning did not feel slow. Like, you're very interested as to what's going on. Like it did, why, it, but it picked up a lot of pace from there. Well, no, but, I th- but again, it didn't feel like slow to get there. Like, no, you didn't feel like, come on, no. can, we still get this revolt? can we get this revolt going, guys? I guess one of the things that I didn't like about the movie is they introduced the concept of clairvoyance. So there was the little Asian daughter of the guy that could break through all the doors that they needed. And she could 
sense what was on the other side of the doors. So you're like, oh, okay. So, you know, maybe this is going to be a very crucial part later in the movie. Maybe this is going to, you know, what, like, how important is she? And they really did nothing with it. Like, they met, the, he but asked you, her, are you clairvoyant? And she's like, what does that mean? And so they explained it so we know what the hell they're talking about. But I feel like, th- I feel like there's a bunch of stuff in this movie that's kind of like, you kind of learn about the society of the train. They kind of throw some quips at you and some, like, phrases. And I didn't get what they're talking about, but we understand this is the society of the train that we're on. But this, you're introducing, like, almost a supernatural power, but yet you don't do anything with it in your movie. I'm like, what Dude, is, there's what a is train that goes on for infinity, okay? I think we, I think we can... Uh, Agree there may be some supernatural things here. But why wouldn't you capitalize on that? If I'm making a movie and I make one of my characters have clairvoyance, why wouldn't I use that? You keep using this word. I don't think it means what you think. No, they use, <laughs> that's what they use in the movie. I know. He said, are you clairvoyant? <laughs> Princess so, Bride, if you haven't seen that, spoiler alert, you should absolutely <laughs> see that movie. <laughs> but, no, I guess that was one of my things where I'm like, there's so much that they did tie in that I liked. But that was one of them where I'm like, okay, why would you have somebody that can see through this door to tell you what's going to like be good or bad on the other side that you literally do nothing with? And she doesn't even stop the people from getting like mass murdered because she didn't tell them soon enough. Which comes to one of my favorite scenes, the night fight. This train <laughs> scene, oh my, that went, oh, God. This is what, because um, I didn't know what I thought about the movie the first time I watched this. And I'm watching this. And when it got to this scene where the lights go out and it's them versus the bad people across and lights go out in this train car this scene holy crap this is one of the best action scenes ever depicted on screen and the axes oh the <laughs> no it gets don't bring your kid don't let your kids watch this movie there are literally hand axes and it gets pretty brutal but this is one of the best like filmed choreographed like me- like when you have like a bunch of people going at each other you usually just have like you see like here and there and there this is very like intimate with with you the viewer like this is what would happen like lights go out people some people have axes some people are bad you can't see a lot of stuff things are going nuts what would happen in a train car this is amazing and we actually lose someone uh chris evans real big buddy right off the bat which i liked the the i didn't see that coming I didn't I see that coming necessarily, but I like the character arc that Chris Havens, Evans, Chris Havens, Chris Havens, who's Chris Havens? Chris is he Havins in the movie? Had with this character, as far as you know, we'll get into more about later, like how he, like how he knew this kid in the first place. But I really thought that they didn't give it enough gravity at the time. It was very like he has a choice between going after the lady that stole, or the lady that he's trying to get to. Um, that we saw earlier in the film, mm-hmm. and saving his little buddy, and he chooses to go after her. So he's basically just letting that guy die. And you can see, like, he looks over, and he, he's, like, sad about it when he sees a kid dead, but then he just moves on, never, like... It doesn't really affect him where... I Especially with what they've done with the character, how, like, they've shown, like, from point A, when they cover his origin, like, how much he's grown as a person. I thought they really could have given that a little bit more gravity at the time, because... This was, like, this little guy that worshipped him, that was, like, his little buddy. He chose he chose to take the lady down, and his friend paid the price, and it, it didn't really affect him for more than, like, five seconds. See, but I, I... This is where I think you missed the boat on this one. It did, but there was no time to mourn there. You're trying to get to the top of the train, and every second matters in this. You're tr- like, this was a rebellion that if he, he sat there and be like, I'm going to... I'm going to bury you in this train. 
I don't think shovels could go through the train, but in hypothetical land, no, like, people, like he didn't have time to bury him. I think it did. It hurt him for that five seconds. You saw it, but he realized we need to get to the front of that train. But you can have people affected by grief. He in also didn't ways. kill the. He didn't kill the lady. He captured her. True, but and no, she had she had the key to the front of the train. That's the point. She he needed her. No, I agree that I'm not saying he shouldn't have done what he did, which you you can say that, but. I'm saying... This, this movie react- asks all the ethical questions. <laughs> Should he have done it? People <laughs> people react to grief a different way. So instead of him pausing, he could have gone like psycho and just like brutally killed a couple people for no reason. Cause, like, That's Captain America. Okay? He keeps his stuff together. <laughs> no, but it clearly like it didn't affect him that much where I'm like, this is a big moment. You didn't feel like it felt in that moment. You didn't feel like it really hurt him, but he realized... I have bigger fish to fry here. I need to do... But you're assuming that about him. But see, that's the problem. Once this rebellion... If this rebellion would have failed, they would have made fail-safe. They would have... Ne- this, you only get one shot at this. Yes, but it, like... Even at the end of the movie, when you have a bunch of, like, huge spoilers that, like, change everything you thought you knew about the beginning... Everything changes. That should be the trailer. He still wasn't broken up about the fact that he let his friend die. It was more about other stuff he had done. But that's, but I think it all weighed. And I think we're cutting way far ahead. But I guess I never, I never. I think Chris. If if you look at the end of this movie, you look at Chris Evans' character. It was all about revenge. He blames that part of the train for everything he ever had to do that he hated about himself. And I think that was a huge motivator. And yes, he took this person to win, and he cared about him. But at the end of the day. His fight was with that society in the front rich part of the train. That's how I took it, I guess. Yes, but... Yeah, you can I, say I'm right. It's fine, dude. It's a podcast. It's because it's a debate okay. podcast. doesn't mean I'm right. No, I, I don't... I'm not arguing with you. I, I think you have some valid points there. I'm just saying... Obviously. To me, as I'm watching this, I'm like, wow. Like, you really didn't give a crap about him. See, I never. I, I, I felt that. Where you, I was like, you, you've seen it more recently than I have. I've seen it three times, but it's been a couple years. But, I mean, I never felt that. I felt like he had a. Like, again, like when someone dies and, like, like name any war movie, and their friend dies, like, just leave me, and you had to let him go. And they only have, like, five to ten seconds, like, to kind of say goodbye or whatever, whatever scenario it comes up with. They have to go. It's not because they don't miss them, but they have something more pressing they have to take care of. But. To more use the later. word out of your playbook, they didn't give it a lot of gravitas. That's, that's a good word. That's a good <laughs> word. Maybe, and I, but I think it was necessary not to give it that. In that, in that exact scenario, I think he cared, but he, he had bigger, again, bigger fish to fry. Yes. Which, anyways, so you can agree to disagree again. Watch this movie; it's really good. Um, so they capture the the captain lady, and wh- where is she from? It's bothering me this entire podcast. Oh, she's the evil witch on the uh, Lion Witch Wardrobe. Yep, yep. I mean, but no, she's I don't been know in more recent. Like, no, no. Um, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yes. Uh, like, Sorcerer Supreme. That's not who to she be is. mean, but like, she's so good. She's such a great actress. She's a great actress, but she is can play bad characters very well because she is can be scary looking. Yeah. Lion Witch and Wardrobe <laughs> when she decided to have the ultimate faux hawk. <laughs> I did like that movie, but that was the most insane. <laughs> like, how much hair? Well, your hair has to be dead inside if you're going to make it look like a tree six feet high. But anyways, I digress. Um, so they capture Miss uh, Sorcerer Supreme. 
a lot of Marvel characters here, Chris Evans <laughs> and the Sorcerer Supreme. Anyways, they um they go to the um so basically she's the key. She can get through every single cart door. She's the general. So like, they're trying to get to the front of the train. So they got her. But, and they're going through every train. And the f- next train they find the factory. Where where they find out all their food, the these black bricks. The of black brick, which you crap. never if someone gives you a black brick, you, you need to see not the, eat it. Never. But it turned out it was these like nasty looking bugs they were grinding up. And, and they, I don't I couldn't even put in like what bugs they were. I mean, like, did you apply? Look, they, one second they look like a moth, the other time they look like a co- I don't know what they were. They were they were nasty. That's all you need to know. So basically, they're giving them bug bug <laughs> bug brains to eat for protein, just to make them suffice. So basically, give them all the trash. And so Chris Evans, they they see this, and he just um, he loses his mind for a little bit because can you imagine like. Someone's giving you a, like you're like everyone was craving over these blocks of bricks. They were very important to them, and you realize they've been. Imagine someone like pooped in your pancakes every morning, but you didn't know that someone pooped in your pancakes. And then you Actually, find out there's a true story in oh. Colorado. There was a guy that worked at I think it was it was either Taco Bell or Taco John's, and he had been pooping in the refried beans for over 15 years, and they finally found out about it. <laughs> I think I heard of that. <laughs> Went to jail. More of the story. More of the story. Don't poop in people's tacos. Or don't eat refried beans. <laughs> yeah, I never eat refried beans. It look, <laughs> refried beans. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised you didn't even cough forever. Refried beans suck and they look like shit crap. But anyways, <laughs> I hate refried beans. Ah, the worst thing ever. Fight me. Fight me, social media. But uh, So they see that and so now he's pissed. He realized that like he's been being, being fed when they thought like like, half half of them, I think a couple of them still thought, like, no, they take care of us. We were, like, because these people that came on the, the train, they weren't forced into poverty. They came on later. Like, they, they were saved, basically. So I had this weird complex where, like, all oh, these people saved us from an apocalypse of snow. And now they're on here. So, like, it took a while for them to revolt because they're like, oh, no, they saved us. They saved us. But actually, we find out later they were all part of the plan. I mean, that is being pretty resourceful. Yeah, like use. Well, I mean, if you're Noah's Ark, and people are like, "You're right, I'm drowning." I mean, they're not getting first class. In my book. They're not coming up the top. Like, no, captain, my ship. <laughs> like, well, and here we get into another problem that I had with the movie. As far as I didn't see the need, like they make this big deal where they're going to kill this lady general. They decide. We should not really. To. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google her name because I feel bad because that's a really great actress. And I Tilda Swinton or something like that. Swenson, I think. But I, I, she deserves a full name. But go on. Anyway, they they take her along with them. They're gonna kill her. She's like, no, no, no. I'm I'm important. You need me. They they have the they're able to get through the doors. But Tilda they take her Swinton along. is her. Yeah, name. that's what I said. Tilda Swinton. Yeah, but wow. I know she goes Props. by uh, Catherine Matilda Swinton. I call her Katie. <laughs> we hang out sometimes. Okay. <laughs> anyway. They they go through the trouble of taking her with them. Well, they had to. They didn't. They they still could have gone through the doors. They they took her with them because she's like, I can help you. Oh, well, we also the forgot they found the hacker dude to get through. Um, I think you mentioned that, but they they found a hacker dude basically sleeping. Well, he was in prison. That's where their prison is. It's a little sleep prison. It's <laughs> so basically you pull out the drawer. <laughs> you pull out a drawer like, like basically the a drawer like, hey, by the way, you're in prison. Like, oh crap! And like, then they and give they... them some type of like weird hallucinogen like drug, 
yep. and then he just like wakes up. Well, he's like, he's a he's a druggie basically. So there's still druggies on this uh, apocalyptic. Because <laughs> of course, thing. even post apocalypse, you're gonna have your druggies. Well, dude, that's if it's a post apocalyptic world, I'm gonna do drugs till I die. Like, are you kidding me? Like, this world's great. <laughs> but the supply and demand for that stuff would be so high, you'd have to like sell your kid to get like a little bit. That's why they have levels of society on this train. <laughs> Clearly some people are rich, which they probably have a population control. They gotta have some amazing, like almost amazing condoms. Like Cause you get you get to the rave scene. You remember the rave train? <laughs> There's a rave train on here, ladies and gentlemen. Where everyone looks like they're just doing drugs. Anyways, I'm sorry, I'm skipping to one of my favorite parts because you can you imagine walking through the train like But anyway they they brought this character along that they didn't need because they're walking freely through all this stuff. Nobody's nobody's trying to stop them, and she's in shackles in front of everybody. So it's not like they it's not like they need her to you know appease anybody. People are just like, oh well, you guys are doing your own thing. They're walking through all these train cars, and then in a little bit they just shoot her. So like she really didn't. There was really no purpose to her being. Do you um, remember why they shot her though? Yes. Go on. So they there's an ambush with all these little like fancy teachers. Would have they have they gone yeah, they gone through the school train. So you're literally finding out about the society train car by train car, which I thought was really cool. So you go to the next train, like there's a train for this, train for that, there's a sushi restaurant train. And then you go to the school. We're literally walking through and there's just like teachers and stuff. Like there's literally like it's so cool. What's so unique about this movie is like if society existed on a train. It, like, it, it felt real, like how it would work out, like how they would do it. It kind of felt like society basically compartmentali- compartmentalized. Yeah, thank you. I hate that word. Like train, by tra- train car by train car, which I thought was so cool. I thought it was a very unique take. Like I said, this movie alone wins points for me by uniqueness. Uh, I agree with that. But I still have a problem because she's in change in front of everybody. People she's can- in change? She's in change. She gave change? In chains. She like, got chains. Yes. <laughs> chains. In front of these people. So these are the rich people. Nobody cares. They're walking with, you know, four nasty, dirty looking people that are going with her to the front of the train. Yeah, but guess it, but here's, here's nobody, my problem with nobody your problem. Nobody cares. Here's my problem with no, your problem. No, time out. I'm not I have it. a problem with your problem. You got to let me finish my problem. Well, okay. No, nobody well, cares this about This is a math problem. They, they go through the pro- trouble of deciding to save her and then they get ambushed, which she didn't have a part of, and immediately shoot her. Like, it just felt like well a little bit of a waste as far as like I like what you did. They made her eat one of the when they were eating sushi in that fine dining stuff. Yeah, they did meet her. They did make her eat one of those blocks. Yeah. Like, no, you don't eat this. You eat this, which yeah. is pretty awesome. Um, That's not worth having a character okay, but on screen for an extra twenty minutes though. But you got to remember this: they didn't know the train car by train car, so they thought they needed her. You got to remember this. Like, they didn't know, but they thought, we got one of their generals. Remember, thinking about this on a basic level, you take their generals, like, ha-ha, we can get to the front of the train. Then you realize, crap. No, we don't. But they're also walking through people who are not military. They're not guards. They have no idea what happened in the back of the train yet. True. It just seemed to me like you gave this, like, we talked about earlier. She's a great actress. You gave her a part... But it didn't seem like the part really related a lot to your to the story in general. Like I thought there they there could have been more or she was she, she was a means to an end. She, I can agree with that. She could have like 
done something more where then they had to kill her or shown some effect that she had on the people. Which she did. That's, I wasn't, remember the whole speech where they chopped that guy's arm off that's made of ice after they leave his arm out literally outside the train and you see it. This is a, <laughs> I still love that scene. It's brutal as hell. Like, can you imagine having your thing and like he comes out and like he can't even feel his arm. He doesn't even think he has an arm. They smash it in front of anyone. She was setting an example. She was clearly the leader. So they, when they broke in and they caught her, they're like, ha ha, we have the upper hand. And they realized once they f- got back to actual resistance, like people fighting back in the upper train, they're like, she's actually useless. Is how I interpreted that, I guess. Because they were just making this up as they go. Once they got packed that first scene, they said, like, they didn't know what was coming. They had no idea what these train cars had. When they were walking, do you remember when they were walking through the, like, that elementary school in the train car? They're like, well, they looked in wonder and be like, what the hell? Because they're giving a whole lesson. But. My thing is, it depends on how, like, what you do. So my whole thing is, I always picture stuff like, if I'm putting something in a movie, why is it there? You so never like, made a movie, so you don't even know. Exactly. <laughs> but where she's like, oh, you need me. Oh, yeah, we need you. Oh, yeah, I can get you here. I know all this stuff. They never use it, and then they kill her, and it's not like she actually betrayed She was trying them. to survive until her help came. That was but her plan. she... Then they should have actually had her lead them into an ambush or her done something that they should have killed her. How so would she? reason to it. But that's the point. They had, most people didn't know what happened in the back of the train yet. There wasn't a communication. There wasn't cell phones. There wasn't texting. They didn't have that in this movie. Dude, Gollum led Frodo into a trap and he didn't have a cell phone. You can lead people into no, a trap. No, he had a cell phone. And it's not that no, hard. You probably haven't seen the extended version. <laughs> Gollum whips out a cell phone. My precious. And he's playing Candy Crush like an asshole. <laughs> Um, I see what you're saying, but I guess I, I think we, like, I didn't have a problem with that because I think they were making this up. They winged it. After the first four cars, they completely were winging everything they did. Now, I think at this point, we get to find out the assassin okay. they get, that get put on them. Time out. One more thing. Why, I guess I didn't understand why they left everybody behind. They decide, you know, they have this whole resistance. Everybody goes through. They defeat the army with this cool counterattack where they bring out the torches and they smash them in the face. I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, like, hey, now we're going to go ahead, just four of us, and you guys all stay here. I'm like, okay, how are they staying there? That makes no sense because. This is, again, I think you. You got to think about it like. You're not thinking about like a mass. You couldn't lead a max mass exodus through the train you're gonna become congested you had to have a small the itola i think they mentioned it in the movie actually you needed a small group like first you have to take down the, the big baddies yeah and then you have to clear away and then a small group goes to the front gets control of the train and then they can change everything but they for however long it would take them to get to the you front you want to bring train, 40 people up a train have you ever had, been on a train they had no food no supplies they were just supposed to chill by the bugs and the dead bodies for a long period of time yeah that was the entire plan for Chris Evans and his ragtag group of heroes to make it to the front. That was I would not have stayed in the back. If I was one of the people and they're like, oh, us four are going to go up ahead. I'm like, oh, yeah. You're going to rebel against the rebellion? No, I'm just going to let the rebellion go and then slowly follow. Hey, guys. You just sit there like, we're rebellion 2.0. Yeah. No, but I think with the train, it made sense. You had to have a small group. That's the only way it would work. You can't congest the train. You only it just hurt seems weird that you need all these people, and then you're like, oh, you guys, just stay behind while we go up ahead. But like, think about it. So say they fail. Chris Evans fails, which he would never. He's Chris Evans. But, like, they start pushing back. You still have leverage. You haven't gone back all the way to the train. You still control a couple cars of the train. You need to have a backup plan. You can't just shove everyone up there. Have you ever played Risk? 
Yeah, and I always go all out. Yeah, that's why you lose, like, all the time. No, I win a good standard 25% no, he of the time. Ladies and gentlemen of this podcast, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he goes all out, and either he lives... Donkey or- Doug, why aren't you saying anything, Donkey Doug? Yeah, Donkey... <laughs> Donkey Doug is, um... He's mute. <laughs> <laughs> he's laughing in silence with us. You're the worst. You're the worst sweepstakes winner ever, Donkey Duck. <laughs> now, Donkey Duck, for all you guys don't know, likes to go by Donk. <laughs> donk or or Donk Doug. But actually, I feel like we're making this movie longer than it needs to be, even though it was this a long movie. No, it, it actually, felt fast. It was, it was pretty short. Um. Anyways, basically to sum it up, they, there isn't a set. This assassin is badass. They put on these guys. On a train, which you'd be confused how it works. But one of the best scenes ever is when they're running from train to train. This guy tries to shoot him when it's going around the curve. Window to window. Holy crap, dude. That was like the most ingenious thing I've ever seen. Watch the movie, guys, for that one scene alone where it goes around and you just... And it's like literally like five, like probably ten cars apart. But it's taking the curve. And you actually see outside of this train. Like there's tracks. They hit, they hit basically icebergs like Titanic. Like this train feels real. Like, like, it hits stuff. It's not, like, always smooth sailing. It feels very real. And this assassin basically gets sent from, we assume, the front at the time to take these people down. And this guy can take a punch. And I'm very confused. The one problem I have with this movie, because he literally gets his ass beat over and over and over again. Somehow he's like the Wolverine and keeps getting up, which never is fully That's explained. your one problem with this movie. Your only problem. Yeah, my only other problem is they didn't make a sequel. <laughs> this movie could not have had a sequel. Now with that attitude. <laughs> Did movie- you see the ending? <laughs> yeah. It's polar bears, man! But anyways, the, oh, um, also this entirely stated that there can be no... Uh, okay, where were we? Uh, anyways, um, basically they go through car to car and you get to see every bit of the society while you go through car to car. Which is pretty awesome. Um, you kind of see, like I said, like society based down into a vertical train shaft. Well, and this is, again, I, Another problem, I have a, cu- a couple beefs throughout the movie. But they, they kind of telegraph how they're going to end it. You see them looking out see, the I didn't window. See it the first time. Oh, I saw it coming from my way. They're like, "Oh, seven people tried, but they froze." But that was many years ago. And then these people are looking out the window, sniffing their drugs, and I'm like, "Oh man, I bet to end this movie, they get They're off the on train. drugs, dude. I bet to end this movie, they get off the train. Spoiler alert: they get off the train. Yeah, we bet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we actually the end of this movie is actually really emotional. There's a point in the movie we get to learn more about the character of Chris Evans, which we didn't know. Um, overall, I think this movie is fantastic. I don't want to spoil it for the rest of it. We talked about spoilers, but this is a very, I would say, very unique action thriller that I very much enjoyed and I highly recommend. I, I'll give I'll give it an eight point five out of ten. Uh, I I probably wouldn't give it that high. I'd probably more give it in the seven and a half out of ten. As far as I loved certain things that they did with it, I loved how they tied in, like especially like the Edgar character who was Chris Evans' little little buddy. You find out like so much more at the end where you're like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Um, you have the whole, you know, he gets to the front of the train, he sees the guy who's in control of it all, who's all of a sudden just tearing his world apart. He's 
you know, hitting him with all this stuff like, hey, everything you thought you knew is There's some true. cool moral ethical questions, too, in this movie, actually, that they addressed that I thought was pretty awesome. It's a smart movie. Yes, but I think there there were some things that they did clunkily and some things that left me a little bit whining where I'm like, okay. Sometimes you, you're bad verbally. I don't think clunkily is the word, but I'm happily a uh, Webster, download that. <laughs> clunkily. <laughs> when you're being clunky with an L-Y. Yes. No, like, there were some things that they definitely could have did, could have done better. Overall, like, the fact that you're able to create a world on a train that seemed realistic, you're able to kind of give you a plot twist at the end where you're like, what the heck? You don't, you don't see that. It's a very, very unique movie, but it, it wasn't flawless. Like, I, and it wasn't one of those movies that really made me want to see it again as far as... I hate that statement. It, this movie, name one movie that's flawless. I'll wait. It doesn't exist. Okay. But the movies that, like, I don't really have many problems with at all. This one, I'm like, there's quite a few things that just didn't stick the landing on. That's fair. I guess for me, I, it does. I gave it an 8.5 because I think it gets a point, a definitely a point and a half. This would be a 7.0 if it wasn't something so unique. Like, it does ask those, like, questions. What would you do in a situation? If society could be broken down into train cars, how would you define... Like, it was so cool and unique. Like, you will never make a sequel to this movie, and you absolutely shouldn't. I was joking earlier. but no, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. But it was... This is such a cool, unique movie. And when you, when you do something original for me, when you do something that I... Maybe there is something that this was based off of that I don't know about, but this felt original. It felt like it should be watched more, and it was a smart, crazily... How would it say? It's dark. Yeah, very dark. It, it's a dark movie. Like, this is... Like, if you want it, like, on a Valentine's Day, don't watch this with your girlfriend. You will Just be sleeping on the couch. don't watch with your girlfriend ever, most likely. Well, I watched it with a girlfriend, but now we're broke up. I said, what watch Snowpiercer. We'll watch it together. I hate you. <laughs> Crap. Well, I didn't see that coming. And that's the story Jake's Jake. love life. Yeah, for now. Stay tuned. <laughs> Next possible. Like, I'm in love! Anyways, um, I highly recommend this film. Colt, do you recommend it? I recommend it. I recommend it more than him, though. Yeah. It's one of those that, like, it doesn't necessarily make me want to watch again right away, as far as, which is surprising, considering they actually had a decent plot twist. But they they tied everything up in the end actually pretty well, where I didn't, I, I didn't feel the need to, like, oh, I need to see that again. Maybe I missed something. I'm like, nope. Everything is exactly tied up exactly how they wanted it, so... And also, I, this is, but this is, I think, a mood movie, I would say. Like, you have to be in a dark, dark like, place at the time. <laughs> you have to be very <laughs> depressed, no. But, like, you have to be in a movie, like, if you, if you know anything about thrillers, or you like thrillers, like, you have to watch this movie in a certain setting. Like, you can't just be like, hey, I just got off work. It's 2 p.m. Lights are on. I'm just going to watch this movie and then go hang out with my friends. No, don't do that. Just watch the movie. Immerse yourself in the atmosphere. In the creates, dark. By yourself. Dressed as Batman. Yes. Because everything's better when you dress as Batman. True. But better when you dress as Spider-Man. Spider-Man is not as cool as Batman. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Anyways, this is Bruiser Review. Cole McEwen and Jake Armstrong. Chris Evans, Ada, baby. <laughs>